favorite game. It's been a crazy weekend. Carnival weekend in my home city. It's a bank holiday. It's been a party in the street. That's why I ain't been on, because it's been a holiday. We've had the Dutch Grand Prix. Obviously, Max was winning that. Hey, if Lewis ain't on the podium, I don't really want to know. We had a heavyweight boxing championship fight. Usyk versus Dubois. Usyk got the dub. Kind of predictable. Just as predictable as the F1, I guess. That was super predictable. But to be fair to Dubois, he did great, man. He did really good. I didn't actually think he would have that much of a chance against Usyk. I do rate Usyk as one of the best heavyweight fighters around. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get that matchup with Usyk versus Fury sooner rather than later. But yeah, welcome to another show. Forget about all of the other sporting activities. We've got loads of football to talk about. I am absolutely cream crackered again. I'm always doing these shows when I'm knackered, aren't I? And I'm always thinking I want to go quickly and I end up freaking recording for ages. But this time I'm going to do it with the mantra from the RSL from the Saudi League. Yalla, 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 yalla. Let's go. So what uh, brands do we have? Well, you know, the usual. We've got ESPN, Sky Sports, The Guardian, Marker. Something from Yahoo Sports and Forbes magazine as well. Oh, interestingly enough, this week we've got AS. I, I was hoping to find something from Liquid, but I don't know if they do English. But AS will do. I like AS. And uh, we can end with some transfer roundup uh, from our little tracker that we've got from TNT Sports as well. So what are the headlines? Well, the biggest story in football right now is the Spain president incident at the Women's World Cup final. Uh, Rubiales versus Hermoso, let's say that. And the latest news there is the Spain president is under investigation. Other headlines say uh, CR7 scores a hat-trick in the Saudi League and Miami win the Open Cup semi-finals. Loads of stuff to talk about. You know how we do it here. Ladies first, let's go straight in to this story with uh, Rubiales and Hermoso. Everyone's been covering it. I don't actually want to say a whole lot about it. It's not the nicest story in the world. But if you go and get the show notes, you're going to have everything that you need to stay up to date on this story. Because uh, I'm good like that. Do you know what I mean? I give you everything you need, don't I? So first things first, we've got an official statement from Jen Hermoso's Twitter account. You guys can read that. There's loads of lines that have been accentuated here, highlighted in bold. So you can see what she's really, the point she's really trying to drive home there. Um, it's, this story is a mess. They've been going back and forth, back and forth for a little bit now between the two camps, Rubiales and Hermoso. I've got a comprehensive article from Sky Sports here. The headline is Luis Rubiales, Spain prosecutors open preliminary sex abuse investigation into Spanish FA president. And this article does a really good job of giving us a summary of all of the events that's happened up until this point. There's links to other um, stories 
related to this. It's just a mess. You got the mom of the president going on a hunger strike. She seems like a really emotional, religious type of lady. She looks like she's in a church doing a hunger strike over there saying, my son's innocent. You know, she's on hunger strike until things calm down, I guess is what she's hoping for. Um, you've got people from the Women's World Cup, right? So the Spanish national team the women's Spanish national team they've been all rallying around their teammate as you could kind of expect that a bit predictable like the U6 uh, fight result and uh, the Dutch Grand Prix but what wasn't so predictable was we've seen a men's Spanish player come out and say that he's refusing to play for the Spanish national team if you know if something isn't done about this and if the president doesn't step down that kind of thing it's man read this article from sky sports it's going to give you everything you need to know catch you up it's this is a situation he's actually said that he wasn't going to resign then he ended up getting suspended and now the spanish government is looking into this so this story isn't going anywhere is it so that's one from sky we've got one from uh, espn talking about the mother of the president going on a hunger strike we've got a piece from the guardian a little think piece here um where someone is kind of they talked about the me too movement and how that's exposed the abuse of women in spain and then They've also talked about Si Acabo, which is looking like there's a new movement happening now. So apparently in Spanish, Si Acabo means it's over. And those were the words used by Putelas and other women. I remember Putelas had a tweet where she was uh, rallying around her teammate and she did say that it's over. But I read the English version. So I guess in Spanish, Si Acabo. Um, so yeah, you guys can go and read this little think piece here. She's adding uh, some context behind what's going on here. Um, we've got something from Marco where they say experts point to toxic behavior in sports. It cannot be normalized. This one I thought was a really interesting read because they've got a couple of people who look like experts here. There's a Marta Eulalia Blanco a specialist in sexual violence and sport mm -hmm. and she's got a few bits to say in there you've got Diana Sanchez a health psychologist she's got some interesting things to say in there you've got Miguel Lorente an ex-delegate of the government for gender violence like so there's some interesting people with opinions on this thing here you guys can go and read that that's in the show notes it's yeah it's not looking good for Rubiales the president and it's kind of looking like well it's, I don't I don't even want to say what I think it's looking like I'm going to leave it all up to you guys to decide what it looks like but um it's not a good situation over there something that's a little bit lighter in mood we've got an annual river football match which continues to excite crowds in Cotswold Village. This is something that I had absolutely no idea about. It's a brand new discovery for me. Maybe some of you guys know about this already. So uh, from Spain, we're going over to England. 
and there's a traditional a tradition of a river windrush football match held in the village of Burton on the water in Gloucestershire so this is a story that comes from Yahoo Sports and they said on Monday it was the return of the river windrush football match and it's a tradition uh, from the Burton Rovers football club where they play a 30 minute game and they actually play in a river like I kid you not I've seen a little video of them playing in the water it's absolutely hilarious um, it does look like uh, they're going to struggle a little bit and when you see some of the pictures you might laugh as well but um, yeah here is uh, quite an interesting story I thought to cover real quick just like a, a match in a river and it's like a a hundred year old tradition that's been happening in this village it's been happening for more than a hundred years even they say here um, so yeah I was quite happy to find out about that that's quite an interesting thing they've got going on there in Burton shout out to Daniel D'Souza the writer of that article here um, yeah man highlights highlights well there's one person I always want to highlight and that is Leo Messi there's no doubt that he is most definitely always the highlight and there's this goal from the Open Cup where he's just whipped in across and I think that's Campana with the header there at the back post man listen if you didn't watch the Open Cup semi-final you guys are missing out that one actually wasn't on Apple TV but most of the matches are you're going to get a chance to watch Leo Messi playing MLS on I think Wednesday and that one will be on Apple TV so yeah make sure you go and uh, click the link which is going to be in the description get your MLS season pass so you can continue to watch the GOAT the greatest of all times playing football and doing it large in America and I'm telling you the way that he's playing he's a game changer he changes all of the games he came off the bench in this game and helped his team to get the dub and this was a huge match it was the cup semi-final and again it needed like a last minute goal to get back into the game and Leo Messi provided the assist they get back into the game they go to penalties and guess who scores the winning penalty no it was not Leo Messi he took the first one but it is the young boy Kramaski I really like Kramaski because he's a local kid from Miami came through I think it was Fort Lauderdale which was the club that uh, was bought out and then they made into Miami from the you know from the ingredients that Fort Lauderdale had there and so I think he's one of the kids that was around in in that old setup there um, maybe Fort Lauderdale too or something and anyway he's now playing for Inter Miami he's in the first team he's been starting games next to Busquets in midfield and there he is, I think he's 18 years of age, scoring a penalty in a, a semi-final to take his team through to the final. That is huge. That is absolutely... Can you imagine being 18 years old, scoring a winning penalty that takes your team through to the final? Being broadcast live, streaming all around the world, people, that thousands of people. That's just huge. That is a huge moment for such a young man. Uh, shout out to Kramaski and um, in Miami of course um, swiftly moving on from the MLS we're going to go over to Saudi Arabia where something you know a couple of weeks ago maybe it was last week or the week before I was talking about 
Saudi Arabia and how they're on the rise and why I didn't think they were that much of a threat just yet to European football because a lot of people are looking at them like oh wow they're buying all of the big players they're looking like they're a bit of a threat and uh, yeah they are but I personally thought I'm not going to be that concerned about the threat of Saudi Arabia to European dominance in football until they start really developing their own players and you know when they get to the point where they can have Saudi players traveling from Saudi and being signed by the top teams in Europe like you know Saudi players playing for Real Madrid Saudi players playing for Milan Saudi players playing for Manchester City when it's like that because you know you've got Spanish players doing that you've got Italian players doing that you've got French players doing that you've got German players doing that English players are kind of doing that now now we've got you know um, Bellingham at Real Madrid and we've got Kane at Bayern Munich so like all of the top leagues they have exports from their country and until I see Saudi Arabia doing something like that I'm not going to be that worried but I've got this news now from ESPN that Roberto Mancini has been named the new Saudi Arabia manager he's the new head coach of the Saudi Arabian national team now that is a bit of a game changer for me because he's obviously a world-class manager and he's now in charge of the national team and so he's going to be coaching the Saudi nationals and the national team manager always works closely with the different levels of football below them right because obviously it's not like club football where you can sign players from all over the world he can only bring Saudi Arabian players into his squad so he's probably going to have a relationship with the manager of the under 21s maybe under 20s under 19s and stuff like that too who knows but he might even have a hand in what they're doing with their youth development and looking at all of the other players that they've got coming through who knows how far his influence is going to go I just think that's a really interesting thing to happen. It's a really interesting appointment. Roberto Mancini, with all the money coming into Saudi, now you've got Mancini as the boss of the national team. It's a big money contract as well. So he's not just going to be here for a couple of years. He signed a deal till 2027. And it's worth 25 million euros, which is $27 million per year yeah per year <laughs> it's like yo I mean Saudi man that's the place to be Saudi is the place to be Um, another Saudi related story is this one I've got from ESPN I've got loads of stories from ESPN and I didn't even realise how many I had from that particular publication but anyway what they're saying here is they're talking about this, the um, Australian A-League and how they're struggling to recruit players into their league. So they've got a manager here from the Australian A-League who's saying that the competition now has its toughest recruitment period in his memory. So this is Marco Rudan, the boss of Western Sydney Wanderers. I mean, it's just, it, so it's like 
starting to just get an understanding for the ripple effect that's happening in, within the Saudi Arabian football and how it's impacting the other leagues around them because what it's looking like is the A-League would generally be getting some of those players that are now going to Saudi because they're in that same kind of part of the world I suppose but now they're all going to Saudi and nobody wants to go to Australia anymore and they don't have the financial resources to compete do they and he said that in this like off season he's only been able to add one overseas recruit and that's a former Leeds forward Marcus Antonsen I mean I've never heard of this guy so you know it's not like he was starting week in week out for Leeds maybe he didn't play for the first team often I don't know but that's pretty much all that he's gotten from overseas um, and then it says alongside his Brazilian defender and captain Marcello so yeah that's not looking good for the A-League maybe they're only going to be able to sign players like Australian players from within their own league and stuff you know, maybe they're struggling to get players because of the rise of Saudi Arabia and they even go on to say in here that it's not just like the top flight that have all the money because there's a second division in Saudi Arabian football and they're paying ridiculous amounts of money for players too so you might think well Ronaldo and Milinkovic Savage and Neymar all these big players like come on they wouldn't go to A-League and I would agree with that but the second division the second division they're probably getting the kind of players that would maybe have gone to Australia right so yeah this is it's problematic there's something needs to happen here something needs to happen um, but we, I'm going to continue to monitor this uh, I've started doing a little bit of research I'm not quite ready to talk to you guys about the research I've been doing but you'll get that eventually um, we'll do like a, a nice little feature on Saudi Arabian football that's, that's coming soon swiftly moving on got some highlights from Saudi um, Al Nasser highlights and this is the game where Cristiano Ronaldo bags a hat-trick things you love to see that's going to be in the show notes not quite three goals but two goals is good enough phone over to Europe now haven't we we're in Germany and we're in Munich we're by excuse me where Harry Kane has bagged two goals he's got a brace for Bayern Munich love to see that as well I just think it's amazing that Harry Kane has actually done it because for years and years and years people have been saying Harry Kane should leave Spurs Harry Kane should leave Spurs he finally does it he goes to Bayern Munich of all places and he's just netting goals straight away like, I quite like that he's been successful there and he's hit the ground running because you know some players they take a while to settle in and they struggle a bit in their first season but he's such a quality player like he's got so much to his game even if he's not scoring goals you can create goals for others and I think the fact that the, well this is my suspicion I've always felt like the Bundesliga the style that they have over there the style of football I always thought the Bundesliga was similar to what we have in England in the Premier League um, I think that's one reason why Jurgen Klopp likes to go back there and sign players obviously he's German from the German League he knows the league well doesn't he so you'd think he has an idea of you know the players over there where he thinks this guy will fit into the Premier League and um, yeah so for me it's just like a personal bit of validation that 
someone can leave the Premier League and go to Germany and do well. We've seen it time and time, but again, we've seen Bellingham go over there and do well. We've seen um, Sancho go over there and do well. Um, there's more players from England over there right now. But shout out to Harry Kane. Swiftly moving on. Barcelona. They were in a seven-goal thriller. They won 4-3 away to Villarreal. And the highlight was the young boy, Lamine. Um, I'm just going to click play on these highlights real quick because I want to talk about... He didn't score, right? He's only 16 years old. So he's like one of the newest uh, wonder kids on the block. If you haven't heard of him, you will soon. Lamine Yamal, yeah? I, I haven't seen a lot of him. But it was good to see in this game the goal assist that he got. Like he produced a real moment of skill. I'm gonna have to skip this now, aren't I? Because like the highlights are taking long to get to. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Like <laughs> it's just so nonchalant. Like he crosses the ball in. Yeah, he's on the wing. He crosses the ball in, but before he crosses the ball in, he just does a little dummy to fool the defender, and it's like it's an unusual dummy as well because it's like it's like a fake shot and then like it touches it to the side it just looks so nonchalant and like like yeah I like him man I like him I like him. I think he's going to be one to watch f for the f future um, so swiftly moving on from Barcelona uh, we've got a article here from Forbes where they're talking about Laminia Mal and they've captured what they're saying is his first television interview as a professional. So there's some words here where you got this young boy with all of this hope and all of this promise, super excited, doing his first interview. It's a bit of a moment. If you're a Barcelona fan, you'd probably love to read this. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, like when Leo Messi was coming through and he was just young, exciting teenager. And then we had Ansu Fati coming through at Barcelona, another young, exciting teenager. Um, and this guy might be the next one he might be the next one Ansu Fati's been unlucky with injuries hasn't he but Lamine Yamal might just be the next young talented attacker to emerge through the Barcelona ranks another La Masia starlet moving on more La Liga stuff yes that guy it's Jude Bellingham he scores for Real Madrid as they beat Celta 1-0 to get a cheeky away victory there Shout out to Bellingham. I can't get enough of watching Jude Bellingham, man. He's such a quality player. And I was just talking about him being in the Bundesliga. And he's gone over to Liga. And he's just... It was a big fee, wasn't it? But he's living up to his price tag. He's scoring on a regular basis. What can you say? Top boy. Um, someone who would hope to become a top boy at Real Madrid is Endrick. So for those that don't know, he's another wonder kid. A Brazilian wonder kid they signed him uh, I think I saw the fee in this article here somewhere didn't I they signed him for 35 million euros plus 25 million euros in extra clauses so let's say 35 million up front plus an extra 25 if and when so you think okay this guy's going to be a talent and he is if you've seen him play I've seen some clips and some highlights of him he looks talented like proper the next Brazilian star but he's young so he's not ready to like go to Real Madrid and be playing there yet like so they've loaned him back out so he's, he's signed for Real Madrid stayed at his original club in Brazil Palmeiras 
But unfortunately, what they're saying in this article here is he's picked up a bad patch of form. He's had a dip in form. He's lost his place in the side. Like, he's not even playing anymore. And for a young man, that is... It's concerning news, isn't it? Because um, for someone who's looked at as one of the most exciting young talents in world football, this is the last thing that you want to see. So I'm hoping that Endrick can get his form back. He can get scoring goals, get playing well. Get, like, if he's seeing plays, he's one hell of a prospect, man. He just looks amazing on the ball. Amazing ball skills. Just that innate ability to fool someone with his body shape and his feints like just it's that thing that all of the quality players all of the greats have it uh, I think Maradona talked about deception he said that that's one of the most important things a footballer can have is deception like the ability to make them think you're going to go left and go right you know that kind of thing and Hendrix got it so let's hope he gets back to winning ways swiftly moving on we're going to find ourselves in Italy with Milan why am I talking about Milan? Well, it's interesting because their new sign-in, Captain America, yep, Pulisic from Chelsea, he scored today. Um, and so did Olivier Giroud, ex-Arsenal man, the man who won the World Cup without scoring a goal, even though he was playing as a striker. Legend. Only Giroud can do that. He scored two goals, two penalties. Pulisic scored one. Ruben Loftus-Cheek started the game in midfield. Englishman, you know, shout out to RLC. And um, they got Tomori in defence as well. I like Milan. I do like Milan. Come on. They've got Leal playing left wing as well. So it's like Leal on the left, Giroud through the middle, and Pulisic on the right. Guaranteed, I'm going to be watching some Milan matches this season. They won 4 1. I know it's just a league game, but against Torino. But 4 1. Yeah, go on. That's a, that's a good game to watch highlights are in the show notes smoothly moving on Finds, finding ourselves in League 1 in France and talking about PSG they beat Lens 3-1 and Mbappe bagged a couple I was watching some of this game live and I saw one of Mbappe's goals going he was so fortunate there was like a wicked deflection where it kind of bubbles off of two players before it goes in hey but you'll take those you take them but let's move on to some transfers We've got a big one. Mohamed Kudus transfers to West Ham United for £38 million. Imagine that. They've got Kudus. I think I actually saw another sign in there who came from Ajax. And it looks like this is going to be their second Ajax signing in recent times. I think they got one of those Mexican guys there from Ajax. The midfield guy. Alvarez maybe his name is. But um, they've definitely got Kudus there now. And I'm a little bit jelly. I'm not even going to lie. He's a player. He's um, on my Twitter. On the FCM Scout Twitter. I had a little graphic. Because uh, I was watching the World Cup. And I was doing some scouting during the World Cup. And I put together a little team of some of the best young up-and-coming players at the World Cup. And from now till then, like literally half of them have all transferred they've all made big money moves and half of them are in the Premier League which is something I find really interesting uh, Gakpo um, obviously Bellingham's gone to Real Madrid he didn't even make it into the team so I'm not talking about Bellingham before um, but Kudus was among those that were in there 
um, Timber was in there, Duran Timber. And yeah, they're all in the Premier League, all these uh, young players that I've been scouting. Yeah, your boy's got an eye for talent. Trust me when I tell you about a player that is a baller, baller. And I'm telling you, if you don't know who Mohamed Kouris is, you will know when you see him for West Ham. He's super talented. He can play right wing. He can play in like attacking midfield. And you know at Ajax, they kind of have that total football going on there. The players there, they learn to play football in an amazing way and they learn to play in various different positions so I'm sure over the course of the season we'll see Kudus playing all over the place for West Ham he might end up playing as the furthest player forward as a striker he might end up playing on the wing he might end up playing in behind somebody as like a number 10 he might be playing further back in midfield as like a number 8 he's talented he can do a lot and yeah like I say I'm a bit jelly because I thought for the price that he's going for 38 million like I thought Arsenal should be in there for that and this is a guy who honestly he's so talented I believe he could be a good person to play instead of playing Bukayo Saka so you could like rest Saka and play Kudus on the right wing and he's left footed and I've described him as Saka from Amsterdam that's how much I like him Saka from Amsterdam and West Ham's going West Ham got Saka from Amsterdam I mean good for them but it's a sad day for Arsenal. They should have got in there. Um, so I'm going to put a little link to the little um, welcome video that West Ham did, which is kind of cool. It's a nice little, they gave him a nice little East End welcome, which is kind of cool. I've got to admit, I do like the way they've done that. So shout out to West Ham. And you know what? You know what? Yeah, I might just I might just have to buy a ticket. I might just have to buy a West Ham ticket and go and watch Kudis play. Yeah, I'm getting down the uh, London Stadium. Um, and yeah, and that's it. What time have we got? How long have we been recording? About half an hour. That wasn't bad, was it? That wasn't bad. So, yeah, there's just a little bit more transfer news before we get out of here. We've got um, Al Itihad prepare 150 million euro offer for Mohamed Salah. <laughs> I had to say his name like that. It was just super dramatic. So, yeah, this is our little transfer tracker we got from TNT Sports. That's the huge transfer story at the moment. Will it happen? Won't it happen? We don't know. But they're preparing a big money move. And the gossip is what's going to happen if Liverpool sell Mohamed Salah? We know they've got a lot of attackers. We know they've got a lot of quality in their team. So they'll probably be okay. Maybe they'll strengthen. Maybe they'll try and, you know, put in a cheeky bit for Mbappe or something. Or maybe they won't. We'll see. Maybe they won't sell. Maybe they'll say, no, we're not selling them. Uh, I mean, who knows? Um, apparently, Mateus Nunes stops training in a bid to force a move to Man City. I like this Nunes guy. I think he's absolutely rapid for a centre midfielder. You don't see centre midfield players with that amount of pace. It's uh, an extraordinary attribute that he has an extraordinary string to his game yeah and all, yeah wait did I say that right a string to his game and an extraordinary string to his bowl that feature of his game so yeah uh, Fabrizio Romano was breaking his story saying that negotiations between the two clubs are continuing after a bid in excess of 60 million euros I mean that's a lot of money but obviously City's got that uh, Fabrizio Romano's also talking about Lukaku to AS Roma he said here we go so there you go alright 
You know, when Romano says, here we go, that's it. It's done deal. So, yeah. It's, what, it's a loan? It's a loan. It's a loan till June 24. Uh, Lukaku's going to go to Roma. And the salary's about 7.5 million euros. Is Mourinho still the coach of Roma? If Mourinho is still the coach of Roma, then this makes sense. Because Mourinho, ex-Chelsea manager, he should know all about Lukaku should be able to get the best out of him interesting that and maybe you will see Lukaku and Tammy at the same time the two Chelsea boys forming a bit of a partnership there maybe they're going to play 4-4-2 that's interesting um we've got uh yeah I don't I don't like the look of this source but they've got it here in TNT Sports but they're talking about McTominay agrees terms with Bayern Munich what? Ugh, I mean huh? they're saying it's a swap deal between McTominay and Gravenberch I like Gravenberch I call him Gravenbizzle so Gravenbizzle to United and McTominay to Bayern why would you even do that? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, you know what? That that just baffled me. So I'm not even going to read the rest of this stuff. So I'm going to duck. I'm going to slide out. It's still Carnival Monday. Um, I've had a fantastic weekend watching the live streams, live from the streets of London. Everybody out having a great time. I wish I could have been there, but unfortunately, because this is the first Carnival. It's the first post-lockdown carnival so it was guaranteed to be a good one there's that culture of people who would have been chomping at the bit they couldn't wait to get down there I heard talk about they were going to try and shut down the carnival and all this kind of stuff so like they really had to fight to keep this thing going and it was it was fantastic I love the live stream love the broadcast hopefully I can be down there myself next year we'll see but yeah man I'm gonna bid you guys adieu. Yalla yalla, this was a quick one. Hopefully I can get it quicker next week. And yeah, and I'll catch you next week. Peace.